Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we're taking you inside the minds of business and cultural leaders from around the globe. It's Tuesday, so we're looking at some of the best and brightest minds that CollisionConf has to offer. So sit back, relax and listen in. We'll be hearing from leading minds and industry giants from all over the planet. Back in October of 2015, I gave a TED talk about sneakers. This is four months before StockX launched. And the title of the talk in the room that day was WTF sneakers, question mark. We were asking the incredulous question that everyone asked us back then, back way before sneakers were anywhere near what they are today. Well, the good folks at TED thought that wasn't the most appropriate title for a video. So actually, if you're on TED.com, you can find my talk titled, Why Sneakers Are a Great Investment. The problem is sneakers are not a great investment, at least not long term. Yeah, look, sneakers are worth a ton of money and you can make money flipping shoes, but they're still just rubber and leather and glue and over time they'll disintegrate. But I did end my talk with a chart showing that if you invested money into Air Jordans instead of shares of Apple stock, you would have made more money. So I did say that. I also said, it's kind of a throwaway line, but, but I said it. I said, baseball cards are quite dead. So it looks like there were at least two big errors in my talk that day, because sneakers are not long-term investments, and baseball cards are not only not dead, they're about to be the next sneakers. Trading cards are what's next. Trading cards are what's next on StockX, in sports, and finance, marketing, pop culture, everywhere. Now, look, the fundamental reason that sneakers became what they did is they're this unique product that straddles the line between form and function and fashion, between consumer good and financial assets between design and art, and they're the one product that truly crosses every divide that exists between human beings. Trading cards aren't quite as convergent as sneakers, but they are convergent. In fact, most of the people driving the sneaker industry today are rooted in sport. They collected cards in the, as a kid, and they're now of the age where they can afford that Michael Jordan rookie card that they couldn't as a 10-year-old. And yes, I'm talking about me, right? It's also no coincidence that the person at the center of both the trading card industry and the sneaker industry is the same person, Michael Jordan. So let's do the 101 on cards, right? One of the things I love about Collision and its related events is that it's truly international. So while trading cards were historically most popular in the US, our belief is, like sneakers, that this is about to be a truly global phenomenon. But I wanna give a little bit of background for people who didn't grow up with trading cards like we did. At this point, they've put about anything you can think of on a set of trading cards. I mean, I have a box of ALF cards. This was a, a sitcom from the 1980s about a furry animal that ate, uh, that ate cats. If you're wondering why I have ALF cards as a general rule, you're probably wondering why I have a life-size ALF doll. But that's a talk for another day. Maybe we'll do that one on the main stage at Web Summit. The point is, they put anything on trading cards. But the important factors here, the ones that we're most concerned about today, are sports cards, baseball, basketball, football, both international and U.S., hockey, and also gaming cards, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh. These are what we're talking about. So the background, right? In the 1980s, trading cards blew up, right? It was largely focused around baseball in the U.S. It became big, big business, and the trading card companies just kept printing cards. They were literally printing money. This led to a massive oversupply of cards. Remember, this was pre-internet. There was no transparency. Everyone thought they were the only one with 12 89 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. The problem was 
we all had 1289 Upper Deck King Griffey Juniors. Look, this is just a small sampling of my personal collection, right? The supply was massive. So what happened was, as soon as everybody figured out how much supply was out there, the market crashed hard. And so 14-year-old aspiring baseball card shop owners like myself, we went on to other things. But man, what if we hadn't? In 1986, if you had invested $1,000 in the Microsoft IPO, it would be worth $2.2 million today. Not bad. But if you had invested $1,000 into unopened boxes, 1986 Fleer basketball cards, where you could pull the Michael Jordan rookie, it would be worth $8.5 million. So cards are back, or rather, I guess I'm back. And so are a lot of other people. And that's a huge part of the resurgence here, people. This is exactly what happened with sneakers. Right? In 2011, 2012, after Facebook bought Instagram, with all these people coming into the sneaker industry, demand rose, prices rose, sneaker companies made more supply, and the whole market blew up. That's what's happening with cards. You have this entire generation of American men, and some from other countries, and certainly some women, who grew up with cards like I did, whose dream as a 10-year-old was to own a Michael Jordan rookie, but now has 10-year-old sons who they can collect cards with. But not only that, we have some disposable income that we can invest a few bucks into cards alongside traditional investments. And that's the key here, right? Cards are now on par with any traditional investment. This is worth $15,000, and he's the greatest basketball player of all time. I'll put this up against your mutual fund any day of the week. So how did cards become true assets? Well, the answer is in grading, right? The value of any card is in large part function of its condition. If I was going to sell you this card, you would need to inspect it very carefully to understand its condition and decide how much you're willing to pay for it. And so grading companies emerged. I can now send this raw or ungraded card to companies like PSA and BGS. They will not only confirm it's real, but they'll inspect it under a microscope and give it an exact grade on a scale from 1 to 10 to identify its condition. It comes back in a tamper-proof case with a hologram, a QR code, and a barcode. And now this is standardized. Now this is a true asset. You can quickly and easily buy this card from me and know with complete confidence that what you're buying is real and it's the condition you expect it to be. And the value of graded cards reflect the value of this process. An ungraded Griffey is worth about 50 bucks. A Griffey PSA 10, the highest grade you can get, is worth $1,500. This is a card. This is an asset. It's standardized, liquid, trusted, valuable, and it's based on math. Right? The reason this particular card is worth $1,500, it's just supply and demand. There were a few hundred thousand of that card printed, maybe more, but there were only 3,800 in grade 10. So the supply difference is clear. And on the demand side, it's a function of the fact that Ken Griffey Jr., the player on the card, is one of the best baseball players of all time. So that's it. We're investing in athletes. We're investing in the subjects of trading cards. And no, ALF cards are not worth very much. But with sports cards, you can watch the market move in real time. LeBron James has a big game. The value of his cards go up. So let's bring this back to sneakers. The resale sneaker market dates back to 1985 in the first Air Jordan. And for 35 years, Air Jordans have dominated the sneaker market. Huge reason why, of course, is this is the seminal product from Michael Jordan. 
But even though sneakers aren't going anywhere, we've already talked about why sneakers aren't a great investment. So what if investing in the product for Michael Jordan, you can invest in Michael Jordan himself. The card is a product of commerce. It's a collectible, it's an asset, it's memorabilia, it's nostalgia, it's all of these things and more. But most importantly, it represents everything about Michael Jordan. MJ, the athlete, the person, the businessman, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but it's true. It's fun, and it's valuable, and it's what's next. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more about these topics firsthand, or you want to let us know what you want to hear, be sure to check us out on any of our social media accounts or visit websummit.com. That's websummit.com.